The GameCube is Cool podcast is a recorded and produced show from Toronto, Canada. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the GameCube was cool to find our $1 and $5 a month tiers. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $5 level. I Rebel, Dean Donian, Jed Winters, Joey Sirico, Resident Evil Collector on Instagram, Link, Marty Thompson, Double Ugly, Bendito Benito, AJ Olson 11, and Cube Dude 22. The GameCube, GameCube was cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. After a quick commercial break, joining us next will be Mike Lane, co-host of the GameCube Was Cool podcast. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back after a message from our sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back from commercials to a very special episode of the GameCube Was Cool podcast. This is Side Mission Part 10, new episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. We are the number one GameCube podcast on the internet. We're here to look back on all 555 North American GameCube games, one by one, sometimes 12 by 12, sometimes none at all. So far, we have covered 475 games. You can visit thegamecubeiscool.com to check out all the things we've been working on. The website was developed by our very own Mike Lane, who will be joining us tonight for today's very special interview. Last week, we went back and covered Superstar Baseball on the GameCube. If you haven't already, go back and check it out. This week, we're taking a break from our regularly scheduled GameCube content to uh, take a moment and interview one of the co-hosts of the GameCube is Cool podcast. Travel back with me 29 years to 1993. The GameCube was a distant goal for the human race. Jurassic Park was a well-respected movie franchise. Green Day had yet to sell out. And the world was given a boy, born of magic and sorcery, and would soon become a gift to the podcasting world. The first years of learning to walk, speak, eat cereal, and memorize Spongebob episodes were all leading up to that fateful event on November 18th, 2001. The release of the GameCube. He would spend the better part of 20 years learning the arts of the C-Stick Final Smashes, Mirror Modes in Mario Kart Double Dash, and Tank Controls in Resident Evil Remake. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to welcome one of the co-hosts of the GameCube is Cool podcast to the show, Mike Lane. Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. Wow, thank you very much, Neil, for that intro. I can't believe I'm finally here on the GameCube is Cool podcast getting to talk to you uh, this is just a, a thrill and an honor for me, honestly. Wow. Well, I'm I'm honored to have you on the show, Mike. It's been a long time coming. I can't believe that it's been nearly 100 episodes and uh, we still have not met. Pretty crazy uh, that we've never met, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm really excited to, you know, to talk to you today and I'm I'm thrilled to sit down to discuss uh, uh, all all of my works mm-hmm. and my, my opinions and my my factoids uh, that we'll be uh, we'll be bringing up today on this very very special episode. So thank you, uh, listeners out there, for tuning in and and getting to hear our voices on this uh, again very special episode of the GameCube was cool. And thank you so much, Mike, for joining us in the studio today. It's a it's a high budget mm-hmm. uh, this production. So uh, before we get started, can I can I get you anything to drink? Do you want anything to drink before we get started? I'll take a Bowser oil. Okay, uh, Katie. Yeah, Bowser oil. One for Mike and uh, another tea. Just keep the tea going for me. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Katie. <laughs> All right, so Mike, I have a couple of questions for you today, sort of like a get to know you. These are questions that I don't know about you, and I figured it would be fun to ask. I have about 27 questions for the next hour, so sit back, relax. This is very chill. You know, you're not on the spot. Some of these are about video games. Some are personal. Some are kind of funny. And uh, yeah, kind of looking forward to getting started here. My first question I have for you, Mike, is what is your number one fear? Ooh, you know, that's a good one. Number one fear. Mm -hmm. I would say... Other than my number one fear of never uh, owning a copy of Cubivore mm. for myself, gotcha. Uh, that's I think my one of my biggest fears is uh, you know not not achieving everything I want in life. Mm. I think that's a that's a pretty big one for for most people. And um, uh, now that I'm getting you know closer and closer to thirty, it's uh, you look back, you're like, oh God, what have I achieved? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, but luckily, this podcast has helped uh, <laughs> uh, suppress that fear a little bit. But I think I think the fear of 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 not meeting my own standards and you know achievements in life, I think that's probably my my greatest fear. Neil. That's a deep one. I'm glad you didn't go with like mm-hmm. I'm afraid of the dark because. Uh... <laughs> I'm also afraid of the dark. Along with like storms, that's one of those things where as an adult, you need to you need to work on that. You know what I mean? 
Are people afraid of storms? I, I think so. We, we've talked about that like uh, on our big show. storms? Yeah, like people are getting really scared and going in their basement. I can Again, I can understand if you live in certain maybe countries or states where tropical storms can be quite vicious. But in, in Ontario, Canada, you're <laughs> probably going to be okay. I find storms actually quite comforting. Me too. Yeah. No reason to go outside. No one's really bothering you. No one's driving around. I think... I like the sound of the rain. Yeah, it's nice. Sometimes there's blackouts, which is too bad. We can't play our video game consoles. Speaking <laughs> of video game consoles, my next question for you is, what is the first console you would give your kid? Assuming that the consoles that are out today are all the consoles that are available to you. I don't want you picking some futuristic console that is not out yet. <laughs> uh, so you're telling me I can't pick the Gizmondo... 2.0. It'll be the Gizmondo 5 by the time uh, by the time we have kids, I'm assuming. <laughs> uh, well, if I can't do the Gizmondo 5 with full VR, I think I will do... Uh, I think I'll, I would probably honestly get them a Game Boy Advance SP. Mm. I would hopefully be able to get the, my Game Boy Advance SP that I... Well, that I gave to you who gave to John, right. our friend of the show, John. Which John would then I give have, back to you to give to your kid. That's right. I, I would hope that cycle would happen uh, because I think... The Game Boy Advance SP is just honestly the best handhold, like handheld console ever made. Mm. Uh, the fact that you can play like so many games, uh, the entire Game Boy Advance library, the entire Game Boy Color library, mm -hmm. uh, and there's just so many gems on the Game Boy Advance. Where we talked about in you know when we talked about the GameCube, how uh, a lot of these games that were on the GameCube, especially these movie tying games that were just so kind of crappily released mm -hmm. on GameCube or Xbox and PS2, they actually got released really well on the Game Boy Advance. And uh, there's a lot of games that I would love to play and go back to. You know, there's only a few licensed games I ever got to play, like SpongeBob SquarePants the Movie, which is a really fun game on Game Boy Advance. It, uh, it would be cool to like kind of experience that vicariously mm -hmm. <laughs> through my kid yeah. <laughs> um, and a lot of those movies or a lot of those games are fun to play as a kid as well right like they're very much made for kids i think it's a good idea to get your kids started on those kind of classic consoles where games were way more basic because otherwise if you start them on a like a pc or a switch and then have them go back to those games it's going to be really hard to go back to like mm -hmm. no saves you have to use passwords there's no maybe no difficulty settings or anything you know there, there's no backlight but you're getting the sp so you're not that much of a you're a good Got dad you're going to give them a backlight at least. You're, you're a thoughtful parent. We're not going to call kids help phone on you for giving them an original Game Boy Advance where they have to like hold it under six lights in order to see. Yeah, I've, I, I experienced that as a child and I, I don't wish that upon my greatest enemy, my worst enemy. Okay, well, you wouldn't wish the Game Boy Advance on your worst enemy, at least the original Game Boy Advance. But what was your favorite childhood toy? Oh, wow. Um that's a good question. I like that question a lot. I love asking this question to people. This is like just an aside. Like it's really fun to ask people like what, like pick one <laughs> of your, like if you had to go back and bring one back, what would it be? Um, so one of my favorite toys, I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to cheat here because I'm just going to say a couple that come to mind. Okay. Um, one of my favorites was like the super monkey ball toy, but like in toy, like physical form. Do you know what I mean? No. Uh, like the maze, it's like a box oh. and you have a marble in it and then you have to kind of take it through the maze. Like the one that was clearly um, invented in like 1830. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I really, really enjoyed those toys growing up. There's mm. something about them that you can just play around with it for hours. I like fidgety toys okay. like that. And I still do as a, as an adult. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was always a really fun one for me that would keep me occupied for hours. One of my favorite toys, that's, that's an electronic toy uh, though. It was this, I think I've talked about it on the show before, but it's a, it looked like an old time cell phone, you know, the big thing looked like it had a battery in it. Okay. And uh, you opened it up and you could play on this little screen. You could play a bunch of these just very simple style games. Like it was all kind of copies of Brick Breaker or Asteroids Snake. or Space Invaders yeah. or Snake was on there. Mm -hmm. And any of those like kind of standard things. And that was just this, yeah, this kind of little you know cell phone looking thing that I could take around with me sometimes <laughs> if I, I guess if I didn't want to have my, my Game Boy. Um, but I played that a lot as a little kid. I really, really enjoyed it, and it made a lot of fun sounds. So I love that. So you like little handheld toys that can play games, either from the 1830s or from the, <laughs> the 1990s, depending on what you're feeling that day. Yeah, I, there's something very, especially as a kid, the ability to take things with you places yeah. 
is a huge, huge selling point. For sure, 100%. I was thinking about a toy like that the other day. Remember the ones that you'd fill with water and like little discs would be in there and you had to like shoot the water with the discs oh, yeah. in there and get them on the little pegs? How did how was that fun, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we found we found fun in very random places. We did. But, uh, you know, that's 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 growing up in the 90s, Neil. It is. It, it, 90s and 2000s for sure. And, Mike, as you said earlier, you're, we are quickly approaching 30, unfortunately. It's just a freight train coming at us. What is something that you'd like to accomplish before you turn 30? I know it's coming up soon. So what in the next six months or so would you like to accomplish? You're bringing up my fears. Now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I, I explicitly told the producer mm. uh, of this show, Victor, mm. producer Victor, right. uh, I told him about a couple of questions that I didn't like want to be asked. So mm. you asked me it and well, you know, I'll answer it. I'll be a good, I'll be a good guest here and I'll, I'll answer your question. Okay. Uh, <laughs> something I would like to achieve, um, you know, let's... I think, well, one thing that we will achieve is 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 you know go through the entire category of GameCube games mm-hmm. and read all the back of the cases, oh, yes. which I think is a big achievement right there. Um, I would like to, you know, what's something I would actually like to do? I would like to record, uh, you know, get like get a nice recording of some of the songs that we jam to. Okay. Uh, uh, that's you know I jam with you, uh, playing instruments. I jam with uh, our friend of the show Dan, mm-hmm. friend of the show's Marty and Victor, uh, and. Uh, we're slowly, as we get older, we're slowly amassing a little bit of money so we can have a little extra spending money to buy uh, recording equipment. And I'd like to kind of, you know, have a nice recording of some of the, the classics that uh, that we do because I'll, all the recordings I have are just on my on my phone. Yeah, those are okay. Like they sound like early demos, but that's a really great idea. I would love to do something yeah. like that too. Do some jamming at the cottage this year. Maybe start to get some uh, get some tracks down and get a, a, an official set list for our EP mm-hmm. that'll be on Spotify at some point. Exactly. That's basically what I want to do. Is mm-hmm. yeah, we'll make a, I'll make an EP on Spotify. We I put a podcast on Spotify, so come on, it can't be that hard. <laughs> it can't. I love that. That's a great. That's a great idea to do uh, before before thirty. Mike, this we're going to go to a little bit of a different topic here. What existing franchise do you confidently think that you could improve? This could be video hmm. games, movies, now, uh, TV ooh. shows, really any any franchise. It could be anything from Star Wars to, to Hello Kitty. What comes to mind? Okay. Mm, okay. Well, the first thing that comes to mind, Neil, would actually be the Wizarding World mm, and, okay. and that franchise. Um, because the latest entries into the Harry Potter kind of series, I'm talking about Fantastic Beasts right. uh, and those uh, movies, they're terrible, Neil. Yeah. They're terrible. Mm-hmm. They're not good. Uh, and it's a pretty universal opinion, I think. It is. Uh, that they are not <laughs> good movies. And I think it's too bad because there's so much um, There's so much potential for expansion in the Wizarding World. There's so many cool stories to follow. Uh, you know, obviously Disney milks Star Wars dry, uh, right. but for good reason because there's a lot of interesting stories to follow. And, you know, they're doing the High Republic era now where they're trying to mm-hmm. kind of start milking, which is – the era before Phantom Menace, so before kind of the prequels. And um, that's a great idea, right? There's so many cool stories there, and you can still interweave some knowledge of some characters into that world. Uh, and, you know, Wizarding World tries to do that 100 years before Hogwarts with um, with uh, Scamander. Beasts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they just, you know, completely botched it. So, and, and then you could even argue that they kind of botched it with the uh, Cursed Child, but that's more of a... Um, up for debate yeah okay uh but still they 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 still haven't you know found a good middle ground there either way so i think that's one franchise that i would love to just go in and be like look guys this is how we're (laughs) gonna do it these this is the plan for the next 10 years these are what we're gonna put out we're gonna have some i want to i want a series on lucius malfoy and like you know that era like him as a as a as a not kid but like his early years how did he become so evil you know what is going on there that's a good point and i love lucius malfoy i i think like jason isaacs who plays Mm -hmm. him fantastic actor kills it and he's really interesting so i would love kind of that era you know you'll you'll see young young uh young snape you'll see young Mm. um uh serious uh and that that kind of whole crew so yeah that's why i would love okay i love that i i'm a huge harry potter fan i'm really looking forward to hogwarts legacy so maybe that'll scratch the itch for you mike and uh, i can't wait to see if you think you can do better than that game when it eventually (laughs) comes out terrific so we're going to switch over to music now. Who is your favorite mainstream musician? Now, I know that this is super subjective because, like, what does mainstream mean exactly? But I think I think you kind of know what I'm getting at. I mean, like, like an artist that's played on, like, mainstream radio, like Virgin Radio or whatever it is. Do you have a favorite artist out there? 
ooh, like 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 right now you would say yeah, like, like they have to have like, like, like millions these... of Instagram followers. Like you can argue that a few of the bands that we listen to, like Blink One Eighty Two and Green Day, like the, yes, they are mainstream, but I mean like the pop, like like the the artists that like are playing on if there is MTV, like those types of artists that would be on MTV today. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I would say like probably. One of my biggest ones that I like slash like kind of a guilty pleasure, but not really because I do kind of enjoy her music because it sounds like music that we grew up to is Olivia Rodrigo. Nice. Um, yeah, she's because she is very big and everywhere and uh, her songs just sound like Paramore songs. Literally. And yeah. that, that's fine <laughs> with me. So, yeah. Yeah, that album was last year, I think, right? That was her debut album. I don't even remember what it was called. That's right. It had some bangers on there. I'm a fan of that one. Yeah, too. there's some bangers on there for sure. Yeah, I can I can definitely get behind uh, get behind her music. Love it. Yeah, the reason I ask is just because sometimes I feel like I'm disconnected from mainstream music nowadays. And you and I talk mainly about indie indie bands. And I was just like, man, what what is Mike's favorite mainstream artist? Now I know. Olivia Rodrigo. Terrific. Yeah, that's right now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what her sophomore Mm. Album will be. I, I have a feeling she's gonna she's gonna soar. She's gonna she's gonna shine bright for sure. <laughs> Mike, what is your take on life after death? We're going back into a bit of a darker topic now. Do you have any uh, any opinion on what happens after you die? Well, again, Victor, just really <laughs> missing these these requests that I gave him for topics that we can't. I'm, talk I'm not gonna about, lie, Victor but... booked this entire week off. He just didn't want to have the heart to tell you that. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That actually checks yeah. out. Wow, he's, like, he's the type of person oh. that like doesn't set his out of office but takes the week off. He's one of those guys. <laughs> Oh, yikes. Mm. Oh, and, and also replies uh, maybe to every single calendar <laughs> invitation. <laughs> and in his signature, there's no phone number. Who's ever who's ever replied maybe and, and was like, you know what? I will go to this now. You know, I, I, I will. I am a maybe and I'm a yes maybe. No, I've never gone from maybe to yes. I think I've always gone from maybe to no, for sure. It's a slippery yeah. slope, that word maybe. Uh, but yes, yeah, so life after death. Mm, that's a, a good good topic. Well, for me, I... I I always like to try and believe in the uh, – I'm a big reincarnation guy. I mm-hmm. think that's a cool kind of – and I don't mean reincarnation like you just like wake up and then, oh, you're like a, a rabbit you're now. now and a raspberry. Like, just... Good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think I think like uh, there is like some – I don't know. There's some truth to, to people's souls going places mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. Or maybe just a big black void where we die and we go get put in the ground and then we never – uh, exist again yeah and you wouldn't even know because you'll be dead so I, I love the pete holmes theory that pretty much every theory about life after death makes sense because life itself doesn't make sense so I yeah, think, yeah. <laughs> i think really you can have any opinion on life after death and you have every reason to be just as right as the next person who believes the opposite thing as you so you're right on yeah. the same uh, same side of the fence as i am which is we're right on top of that there fence uh, yeah, I think uh, the only thing I I know for sure is that it's definitely not just like a pearly white gates mm. and just and 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 fire down below. I can that's like that's <laughs> I'd say the only thing that I'm I'm pretty certain about. Other than that, that's uh, yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't think it's we'll a, see when we get there. Yeah, we will see. I can't wait. I can't wait to see you wherever the hell it is that we go. <laughs> Mike, if you could travel back in time about twenty years or so and tell ten year old Mike one thing, what piece of advice would you give yourself? Hmm. You can, it's like it's kind of like a, an answering machine from the '90s, where you have like 15 seconds to get that message in. You can't like yeah. spend a day with 10 year old Mike. I mean, like you have one piece okay. of knowledge to, to pass off. Okay, 10 year old Mike. First of all, you gotta like try and fix your hair. In all <laughs> of your pictures, your hair is just like so bad. Just it's not hard. Just you know, fix it. It's fine. Just like move it to the side or something. Mm. Um. Also, uh, don't try so hard. Um. People will like you uh, at some point. Mm. Uh, but only and, try hard uh, on your hair, apparently. But only try hard on your hair. Gotcha. That you should try try hard on. Mm. Uh, um, there will be a Zelda that's even better than Majora's Mask, Ooh. so get ready for that. Mm. Uh, and actually, no, even more importantly, it will be better than Wind Waker. I would have just played Wind Waker. So, uh, yeah, mm. uh, there will be something even better if you can believe it. Mm. Uh, and... Yeah, I think uh, and everything's going to be okay for the most part, 10-year-old Mike. So, uh, you know, just keep on trucking and, yeah, fix your hair. Also, I think that if you see yourself 20 years into the future, you're probably going to end up needing some kind of therapy. So you might want to give them like a business card or something to a registered therapist in the area because I've heard that seeing yourself 20 years older could cause some psychological damage. Well, I'll, you know, I'll have some memory thing or something that I can like give him like an implant or, mm, you know, okay. just like to destroy his memory. Nice little men in black <laughs> thing going on. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Terrific. Glad to know that you have that technology hidden from me all this time. <laughs> you you mentioned uh, looking back at old pictures, and this brings me to my next question. When If someone were to tell you, show me a picture of your, your friend Neil, what picture comes to mind that you would show them? And now, 
this is going to be not good for a podcast. So I think that what we should do is have that picture be the thumbnail for this episode. Oh, I like that. Okay. Uh, yeah. So one picture that I think of a lot is the one of us graduating grade six. Okay. Um, that's fat Neil. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, that's, 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 uh, that's big Neil and very small Mike. Right. So we have a very kind of, we've changed a lot since then. So I, I wouldn't want to use that to represent us. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, because there's there's other photos out there that I think are better. Um, there's a photo that I like of us on in the Skoka chair. Uh, That's a good one. There's another f- photo of us uh, where we're uh, in like oh, we're we're in hockey uniforms, and it's been ten years past. So we did one in 2005, did another one in 2015. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of my favorites is actually a picture of us in ha- like during Halloween. Um, it's a really it's hard, again it's, it's this is a podcast so this is going to be hard to explain, but it's a picture of us Halloween we're on your couch, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's probably one of my favorites that I would use to kind of like describe our friendship. What year was that one? Is that still Chubby Neil era or is this like college high school era Neil where I dropped a lot of weight? We're we're in between I think. Okay, so I junior think, yeah. high like around grade eight. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, I think it's like great. Okay. Okay. Well, you try and fish that photo out. Well, that's what that's yeah, what'll be that the uh, you you uh, you send that to Victor, and Victor will send that photo to me, and we'll make that the the thumbnail for this episode. Yeah, we'll see if he replies to that email. Terrific. Yeah, he might be. Uh, he might actually have quit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, I know. Mike, you and I are both huge fans of Seinfeld, so I want to know: after Seinfeld, what's the second best TV show of all time, and why? Well, for me, it's The Simpsons for sure. Mm. Uh, just because I grew up with The Simpsons, I love The Simpsons, and for me, the best TV shows and best movies are the ones that you can remember super fondly and that you can quote at any moment. Sure. You know, like Happy Gilmore. Sure, that might not be the most critically acclaimed movie ever, but man, I can quote like that entire movie, mm-hmm. and I love it because of that. And it's kind of like the same with Nightfire, if you're thinking for video games. You know, I have so many great memories with Nightfire. Sure, it's not the best shooter of all time, but it's definitely the number one in my heart because of uh, of how well I know that game and how easy I can just kind of go through it without even thinking. Mm. And that's kind of the same for me with with The Simpsons. It's um it's one of those shows that is uh, especially the first you know ten seasons have kind of been forever ingrained in my mind. And I've met so many people who are like minded in that sense where I can kind of say these quotes and they'll get it. And I met people who say quotes to me and I don't get them. Mm. <laughs> and uh, I'm a pretty big Simpsons fan. So uh, when that happens, I'm, I'm super stumped. I'm like, wow, good job. But I, I, I once heard someone tell me that your favorite anything, whether it's uh, TV or movies or games or just honestly anything, is things that make you feel better when you're sick. Mm. Okay. I like that theory. That That's cool. Mm-hmm. And you watch The Simpsons when you're sick still? Or is this more mainly like yeah. when you're a kid? No, I still watch The Simpsons when I'm sick. And right. I watch Seinfeld when I'm sick too all the time. Mm-hmm. I, it's comforting. Uh, comforting those It shows. is comforting. I wasn't sure you were going to say this, uh, The Simpsons because I know you like The Simpsons. I figured that would be your second choice. But I wasn't sure because I feel like that we're past the point now where The Simpsons, like there's more bad Simpsons than good Simpsons. And that, oh, I yeah, thought there that is. might have weighed in on your opinion <laughs> of the show because there's quality over quantity, I suppose. But those first... I guess, 10 seasons, you said, are enough to make it one of the greatest TV, I guess, animated sitcoms of all time. Oh, they're just, they they work so well still. And it's, I think I find them, some of the episodes I find even funnier as an adult. Mm. And I think even as well, knowing all the people who worked on the show, like um, like Greg Daniels, for example, you know, he, he doesn't come in until season five. And uh, he was on for, I think, like seven seasons after that. I for, uh, He was on for quite a while. Uh, but he, of course, you know, was instrumental in creating The Office, uh, in creating right. uh, uh, King of the Hill. And uh, y- you can see these influences. And then when you get older and you start watching these other shows like The Office uh, and Parks and Rec, which is um, uh, also some like a lot of writers from The, S- the Simpsons, like Mike Scully, uh, you see all the, the these kind of threads these common threads that go through you're like oh this this makes sense this is like the simpsons grown up right. like this is basically what they do afterwards and it's the same kind of humor and they just kind of use it for live action like that's parks and rec for a lot of it mm-hmm. and and that's what i really love about it where same with seinfeld you can kind of like trace the starting point uh for especially for a lot of these actors careers for seinfeld but um but uh 
you know, going to curb your enthusiasm or something. Right. That's just like Seinfeld grown up. Basically, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's perfect for us, you know, in our age too. Cause uh, it, it just, there's so many jokes that, that are like, yes, like now this is even funnier for me because I've, I'm in the working world and yeah. I'm kind of going through life a lot more where when I was a kid watching Seinfeld, it was like, Hey, look, Kramer's doing something <laughs> funny. Yeah. I love that. Though, I love those parallels too in video games, like where developers will start off making a kiddish game or a movie tie-in or something. And then years later, they're making something epic and, and mature like how you know naughty dog started off making making their games and now they're making uncharted and the last of us but they started out making um crash, crash bandicoot and and all of those games on ps1 mm-hmm. now they've grown up into something way better it's it's great to see so i like that that's a great reason uh to like the show and speaking of video games we haven't had a lot of those topics yet we'll have one more qu- topic here and then we'll cut to commercial break what is your favorite video game publisher or who I suppose Ooh. we kind of we kind mm-hmm. of uh, associate de- uh, developers and publishers as people now. So who is your favorite video game publisher? That's a that's a very good question. Oh, these are all good questions. Oh, I you. must say. Thank you. Uh, uh, but this could be a controversial topic. So get ready, Neil. Okay. I think my favorite publisher is honestly THQ. Nice. I love that choice. <laughs> okay, that's good. And I say that because of a couple reasons. I say that, one, because THQ was obviously huge when we were kids, uh, pumping out every single licensed game under the sun constantly. Uh, And a lot of those games were actually good, too. Like, the ones that they did put their name behind, there are a lot that still hold up and are still really fun. So I kind of associate that memory of seeing the THQ, I guess, animation before the the game starts. Uh, The other reason I say it is because they're also – they've never really been afraid to kind of do whatever they want in that sense. There's never been that kind of EA style of just trying to kill things before they actually happen. Or honestly, just most publishers have that problem where they're, they're very, very scared of risk. You know, Nintendo is kind of back in that corner. But when um, when Nintendo was in GameCube, of course, they were they were all about risk. But, uh, but THQ has kind of always been about risk mm-hmm. and uh, don't really care. What happens? They just they do actually listen to fans. Mm-hmm. You know, think of uh, Bikini Bottom rehydrated. Like, that's sure. listening to fans for sure. Uh, whether these games are you know amazing or not, that's the, to be seen. But I don't know. I just I I have an affinity with THQ, and I, I I've always appreciated, um, you know, how much they've gone out of their way to to create these games, whether good or bad, and put them out and make people like me really happy. They do kind of, uh, they, they do kind of, I guess, represent kind of like the punk publisher of the video game industry almost because like they do, yeah. they do do what they want and they buy what they want. Like, even though I guess if you're punk, you don't have money, but, uh, you know, they've always kind of marched to the beat of their own drum. They put out the same quality games in the two thousands. I mean, sometimes that quality was bad, uh, but you know, they always put out, you always knew that their games were going to be at least fun for what you were you know expecting like with a spongebob game or something like you said with and then the rehydrated recently with uh battle for bikini bottom and everything so i think that's a great choice they have been consistent over the years and uh we still see them today and they have not kind of gone the way of ea with microtransactions and all that stuff yet but we will see but with that ladies and gentlemen we are going to take a quick break and uh, hear a message from our sponsors so don't go anywhere we will be back in just a minute with more questions for mike lane This episode is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Our listeners have been using Manscaped products for the past few months and are joining the millions of people around the globe in the Manscaped community. And for another month, your body hair can be kept under control using our promo code GameCube at checkout. It's officially summertime, and everybody talks about looking good for the warmer months, but few have the balls to do it. Well, it's time to nut up or shut up and take the easiest step to looking sexy this summer by using Manscaped. Manscaped's ultra-smooth package makes sure you have the proper care for down there, and their Boxer 2.0 gives you the perfect stage to show off your new look. These products may make you look hot, but your cleanly shaven nethers will keep you cool, and the Boxer's 2.0 patented pouch technology will keep your boys from turning any beach day into swamp day. Dive headfirst into summer by joining the 5 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get 20% off plus free shipping by going to manscaped.com slash GameCube. I am a huge fan of the Ultra Smooth Package, which is a specialized three-step groin shaving kit to help you buff, protect, and smooth your most sensitive areas. I'm talking crop shaver razor, crop exfoliator, and crop gel. This kit is the perfect polish to make your family jewels shine. It's an amazing kit and has become a staple in my bathroom routine. 
You start with the crop exfoliator, infused with ingredients that can soothe, clear, and keep the skin on and around your groin feeling refreshed. The crop exfoliator can help reduce risk of ingrown hairs in your delicate places. Then you move on to the crop gel. You want to see where you're shaving with the clear shaving gel designed just for the groin. It's called your delicate area for a reason. This is one place you don't want to go in blind. Then it's time to shave. The Crop Shaver was designed for shaving the groin area with confidence. The razor with three precision blades, including extra-wide lubrication strips and a pivoting head for the ultimate groin grooming experience. All three of these vegan, cruelty-free, and sulfate-free products are included so you know your manhood is in good hands and, without compromise, to the environment. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code GAMECUBE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code GAMECUBE at manscaped.com. There are so few perfect summer days. Don't let hot, sweaty balls ruin them. Stay fresh, stay clean, and smelling good with Manscaped. And now, back to the podcast. And we're back with Mike Lane. So let's jump right back in. With, if you had to kill one Nintendo franchise, which one would you pick? Ooh, that's a good one, Neil. Mm -hmm. That is a good one. And now you can't pick one that's already been dead for years. Like, I don't want to hear you say F-Zero, because that's been gone for 20 years. So you have to pick one that Nintendo still makes. I also wouldn't want to kill that, you know? Mm -hmm. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's kind of goes against my... Uh, my religion. <laughs> it goes against my. It goes against what I believe in because I love. Uh, I love F Zero so much, sure. and uh, I. Uh, one franchise that you know this could again controversial that I would probably kill is Star Fox. Mm, I think okay. I would just kill Star Fox. Um, we talked in the the Star Fox episode uh, last month or two months ago. Uh, where it was, we're kind of finding difficulty where to go with it and say, so was Nintendo and uh, there's the multiplayer aspect, but I think Nintendo was just going to botch that. So mm. yeah, I, I would just kill Star Fox off. We, I think we got the best Star Fox we'll ever get with 64 and, or, or slash the 3DS version. And that's probably uh, all we can hope for. I know, very depressing. And a piece of me just died a little bit there, but I had a feeling it would. It's it's hard to pick a Nintendo franchise to mm-hmm. uh, to eliminate. Sometimes Nintendo does that for us, though, so we don't, we never actually have to make that decision. <laughs> they do that for us instead. It's a good choice, I suppose. Mike, I'm a huge fan of your podcast. The GameCube was cool. You've had a lot of great guests on, a lot of great hosts, mm-hmm. of course, friends of the show joining in. If you had to pick a dream guest to have on your show before the project is all said and done, who would you pick? Oh man, um, Tara Strong for Ooh, sure. Getting yeah. high. She would cool. She would be uh, my pick. Absolutely. Uh, the fact that she's voiced so many people right. on these uh, uh, for these GameCube games, like there's there's tons of them that she was in, and of course she was basically the voice of our childhood on cartoons. She voiced uh, Timmy Turner. She voiced uh, what's her name in Teen Titans. She was uh, Raven, right? Raven and Teen Titans. Uh, she's been in countless things. She's always Harley Quinn in, in things. I know she was Harley Quinn in Arkham City, I think, as well. Uh, but she's just an amazing person. Uh, Torontonian uh, as well, which mm-hmm. I love. I would love to talk about her experience of being a Canadian and kind of getting into voice acting and, and acting in general because of that. So, uh, yeah, I I would love, love to interview her. She's also just a great interviewee. I've seen her in interviews. Mm-hmm. And she answers questions really well probably better than i am i'm doing right now <laughs> but because she's uh, an actor right she she does understand how to kind of properly speak so which is another thing that i love having guests on who clearly you know have been in that that realm before who have been interviewed and kind of know how to answer questions properly and yeah tara strong which is have so many great stories and so much knowledge of uh just early 2000s life that we mm-hmm. uh that we kind of talk about all the time that'd be that'd be terrific i really hope that you get to achieve that goal someday i would love to meet her in person too that'd be a lot of fun maybe i'll get her on this show someday who knows who knows <laughs> <laughs> mike if you got to go back in time again going back in time and experience something for the first time again so basically you're erasing an experience from your mind and you get to experience it all over again what would you pick oh you know i was thinking of this the other day and i forget what it was <laughs> <laughs> um i th- hmm. i think maybe okay hold on there'll be a couple one one that comes to mind immediately is the end of rogue one experiencing yeah. that for the first time was so so cool uh no you know what i have a good one i know what i was thinking of i would love to experience bo burnham's inside oh. once, uh, for the first time again not not a live um, experience you want to experience a netflix special for the first time because that was 
there's these rare moments in life where you watch something or you experience something and, you know, midway through or maybe even at the beginning, you kind of realize that you're watching something really special. Mm. And it's one of the one of the nicest moments. Like it's like just peak endorphins <laughs> is is when you realize that I definitely got that for um, for Rogue One. Uh, I got that for Spotlight. I remember watching the movie Spotlight oh, okay. in theaters and halfway through thinking like I'm watching something really, really, really good right yeah. now. Uh, and but yeah, Inside was I think of one that I would definitely pick. Uh, I would also pick to rewatch um, and or re-experience the ending of The Last of Us Part Two. That's okay. uh, that was a really really cool moment, and I really really uh, enjoyed playing through that. And then kind of when it ended, I wasn't really ready for it to end, but I definitely got this kind of uh, melancholy feeling. You know, all, all of the things that you mentioned so far are very melancholy, actually. It sounds like that you want to experience yeah. just miserable moments in, in the past with Bobrum's inside <laughs> and the end of Rogue One, where everyone's just, you know, there's no, no uplifting parts at the end of those movies. I guess there oh, is in Rogue One, Rogue... technically, but... Yeah, with Vader, Later, come I, on. I, oh, I mean. that's the part you mean. Oh, yeah, I, I that's the part, that's the part I mean. Never mind yeah. the part where everybody in that movie just died. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's... it's you knew it was I, I came there for Vader, sure. and I, I, was, uh, I was pleasantly... Yeah. Uh, surprise for that but yeah yeah those are those are what i would uh experience for the first time great question love it and speaking of darth vader this brings me perfectly to my next question actually who is your favorite Ooh. fictional villain oh well you said it it's darth is vader it? absolutely okay. uh yeah 100 100 percent. and you know what i don't actually really consider him a villain mm. he's like he's more of a not anti-hero uh like a redeemed villain i guess or like uh like a tragic figure there we go sure. that's that's the word He's a tragic figure. That's what Darth Vader is, rather than a villain. Like Palpatine is a villain, right? You know, Palpatine is just evil. That's he's just being evil forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but I would say Vader is a tragic figure, and and tragic figures are always a, a lot more fun to dissect than than just standard mm, villains. That's interesting. Yeah, I never really thought of Darth Vader being a villain either. Like he was always a tool. I mean, I did I did consider him being a villain when I was really young, and I didn't quite understand mm. the plot of Star Wars right away because I was so sure. young. But as you get older, you realize. Oh no, he's just being manipulated by Palpatine. He's not actually like bad to the bone. Like he eventually becomes good again. So I like what you say there about uh, Palpatine being the true villain of of the the Star Wars trilogy for sure. My other favorite villain. Mm-hmm. This one's gonna be a, a fun one, okay. and I I'm, I'm trying to remember his name right now. Mm. Um, from the Incredibles, Syndrome. Yes, oh, Syndrome. That's a good one. That's my other. If I'm thinking of real villain, mm. I would say uh, uh, Syndrome is is my favorite because it's such. I mean, Incredibles is just such an amazing movie sure. for so many reasons. But uh, he's he's such an interesting villain because he's actually kind of doing something that they you never really talk about in a lot of a lot of these. I guess kind of superhero style comic book movies where his whole thing is like, yeah, I'm going to make everyone super so that everyone's the same. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really, really interesting, like psychological uh, piece to think on, and uh, it's something that that quote that he says always gets me thinking about just like ethics in general for things. Right. But yeah, I I, uh, I love Syndrome. I think uh, he was such a a cool villain in The Incredibles. He was great, and I love that he's his like backstory or his tragic story is that he just met his hero, and like that's it. Like he's just it was yeah, just a disappointing which makes it even cooler. Your, yeah, it's just a disappointing meet your hero situation. Yeah, <laughs> that's really good. Great, great two choices: syndrome and Darth Thank Vader. You. Love to see that fight someday in some kind of mod <laughs> of uh, of a virtual world. But we'll have to wait and see. We talked about the Last of Us uh, a couple of questions ago, and I want to know, Mike, if the Last of Us ever happened and the world is taken over by some kind of parasitic organism, everyone's crazy, the world is over. In a nutshell, what is your plan? Ooh, hmm, good question. Are you just gonna uh, end it, or are you gonna actually try and survive? No, no, I gotta survive. Mm, okay, I'm not gonna end it. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll survive. I'll go, I'll go down swinging for sure. Yeah, if it's, <laughs> uh, if there's, if there's like villains or, or not villains, if there's uh, aliens or whatever that are zombies that have taken over, I'm, I'm super down to just go out and uh, kill as many as I can, and uh, you know, try and try and forge a path ahead for mm. whoever's left. Yeah, but I, I think it would depend who's who I got around. If I got my my friends and family still, you know, some of them. Find a little, you know, get a little group together and okay. kind of huddle together and <laughs> and uh, and get some food, uh, go on some raids. Right. Uh, I think it would be there's there's something really. <laughs> this is funny to talk about, but it's just like it's it's funny to think of sometimes. Just like, what if we just didn't have technology or like electricity anymore? Yeah, 
just for like what would happen for us like we we sort of somehow survived for you know, like uh, 10,000 years right. of being a civilization without this and for only for the last like a hundred years have we actually had elect- like uh, electricity and only for the last uh, 40 have we had the internet like it's really not yeah, yeah. no exactly exactly yeah like last 30 i mean re- realistically really the last like 20 yeah home internet is like 1995 or something yeah i, I see yeah. what you're saying um mm-hmm. yeah so yeah it, it's uh i would be kind of down in some ways you, you know could still like, play with lego if there was no internet that's what I was thinking. I could still play with Lego, and I could still eat Twinkies in the yep. uh, post-apocalyptic universe, as Family Guy taught me. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so part of me, obviously, would be super sad. Everyone, you know, a lot, most people are dead. Yep. But a part of me would be like, you know what? Sick. Fresh start. Let's go. Let's just, uh, let's 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 see what we can do here. Let's see if we can make it a little better. I'm glad that you'd be optimistic in this situation, but uh, I hope that you and I can band together and make some kind of a tribe or, or whatever, just of Legos and Twinkies. I think we'd have a ton of fun. Yeah, fight the zombies that oh, way. Oh, yeah. It'd be, be great. It would be great. Mike, if you're given the opportunity to cameo in any game, show, or movie, which one would you pick? Ooh, um, like a current show you're kind yes, of thinking? Yes, I think it or... has to still be on the air. The game still has to be in development. You can't you can't go back and say Seinfeld or something. It has to be something that's still being made to this day. I would love <laughs> I would love to cameo in the Super Mario movie as Waluigi. <laughs> Oh, so you're not cameoing as yourself. You're cam. You're just you're straight up taking. The- or are you Mike's voice over Waluigi's? Body? Mike's voice over Waluigi's okay, body. So we finally given <laughs> Waluigi a character, and it is Mike Lane. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're and then you're credited Mike Lane as himself. Bracket Waluigi. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> bracket Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody. <laughs> you got like all of these different characters of who he could have been, but it was actually just Mike Lane. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great choice i think i think we're just gonna leave it at that actually thank you thank you mike you and i have been to a lot of concerts over the years i think you're actually nearing 100 i'm around the 50 or 60 mark i gotta know though what is the worst concert sin that you have ever witnessed in a show oh worst concert sin mm-hmm. hmm and now you're you're talking about just actually well i i have it i, have I think it. i think you know what i mean uh, the worst the worst concert sin is when someone stage was stage diving uh, and crowd surfing with army boots on. Oh God! And okay. hit me right in the face, uh, and I got a nice big big scar from that. But uh, mm. yeah, uh, I, please don't wear combat boots when you're <laughs> crowd surfing. <laughs> uh, not a good idea. So that's a big concert sin, I would say. Mm. Um, another one, uh, you know, my favorite one that I always bring up is when I was at Jimmy World with uh, friends of the show Marty and uh, publisher Victor. Or sorry, uh, producer Victor, mm-hmm. uh, also the publisher of my new book, The GameCube slash Indigo. That's mm. uh, uh, coming hope, to stand. I hope soon. the book is cube shaped. It's cube shaped, yeah. of course. It's not, near uh, cube. it's not a good format for a book, but uh, you're trying it anyway. I like that. Yeah, it's like it's like a big stack of post-it notes. Yeah. You know, it's it's not great to read, no. but you can get by. Not good on the train. Okay, very good. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, the three of us were at the show, uh, Jimmy World, and. They were playing Bleed American, which is a uh, a really raucous song, definitely mm-hmm. a moshing song for sure. And we were getting the, the pit going and so were other people around us. And uh, there were uh, a bunch, a group of, of uh, a couple of girls, a couple of guys in front of us, literally at the kind of edge of the stage. You know, yep. they're literally at the very, very, very front. And one girl there, she was like, what are you guys doing? Like what? Uh, like she was so kind of concerned like that we were moshing i guess and that of course she was they were getting kind of pushed even more to the front because you know they're at the front area of a concert with like a thousand people in attendance and uh yeah so she's like have you ever been to a concert before (laughs) and uh uh producer victor Mm -hmm. uh was just like have you (laughs) (laughs) it kind of just got right in her face and uh and yeah that uh, so that was like cardinal sin if you if you are standing at the very very front line of the concert right before the stage you have to be aware that you will most likely get crushed because you're at a standing room only concert. Yeah, nobody with back problems should be in that zone for sure. And like, you know, <laughs> that, that's a good one. I've seen a lot of that too in, in, in my days. So those are two very uh, interesting concert sins that I hope are going to go away at some point. We need to weed these people out of society in some in some way. In the mosh pit. In the mosh pit, for sure. <laughs> that brings me to another music related question, Mike. And that is, who is the best ska band in your opinion? Ooh, the best ska band of all time. Mm-hmm. Aliens have come down. They've asked you, Mike, please show us a band of your people. And you're like instantly, yes, ska is the obvious choice. Which band comes to mind? Ooh, I mean, for me, Mighty Bunny Boston's comes to mind for the ska band. Okay. 
I know Streetlight is probably my favorite ska, quote unquote ska mm-hmm. band, but I know they're not necessarily kind of full ska. Right. Uh, I'm sure there's some ska lovers out there who have their opinions, but uh, uh, you know, for me, I'll never turn my back on ska. Good. So uh, uh, I would say probably Mighty Mighty Boston's are okay. are kind of the quintessential ska band. Quintessential ska band, quintessential '90s band as well. They're a terrific band. Unfortunately, recently retired Mighty Mighty Boston's. So mm-hmm. you'll have to show this alien race a, a CD or a, a vinyl record because you won't be able to. Although they're still on Spotify, so I guess that's fine. If you just take the aliens to go meet the Mighty Mighty Boston's, they may say no. <laughs> that's right. Speaking of the 90s, Mike, what is something that you grew up with that kids today would not understand that you find interesting? Hmm. That's a good one as well. Again, lots of good questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, crazy Bones is one of those things <laughs> that I think I always think of for where if I show that to a kid, they would just be like, what? What? Candy? Why? What is this? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the one that I, always comes to mind right away. Um, yeah, I think... I think I could probably stick well, Crazy Bones and the fa- uh, Worm Lights would be one okay. that kids just wouldn't understand. I'm not saying that that's like a toy or anything. I guess just not anything, having backlit like, things in general. Yeah, that's the thing, yeah. right? Just having having to go through that. Um, you're just you're, you're, sorry. The question was was toys or or games uh, or just, just anything. any experience that you grew up with, really. That like if you were oh. to explain to a kid nowadays, they yeah. would really have no idea what you were talking about. I got a good one. Mm. Uh, um, trying to go on the internet. When someone's on the phone, <laughs> just hearing that awful sound, <laughs> hearing that sound. Oh, yeah. 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 Hearing that sound is something that would be really uh, hard to explain. And also just like waiting a long time to try and go on mm. uh, and like get and how getting on the Internet is like a big deal. And it's a big thing. Yeah, You have to like to book do. time to do it. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's something that would be really kind of difficult for me, I think. And then the last one I have is a rewinding uh, v, uh, VHSs. Okay. Yeah, they, I wonder, like, because nowadays, like, the term rewind is kind of, it's outdated. Now people usually just say, what is it, scrub? Or what do you say when you go through a video, a YouTube video? Just yeah, scrubbing, scrubbing through. through. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of yeah. like the fast-forward term, and I guess you scrub backwards as well. Very good ones. Yeah, the analog days were, they were quaint, but uh, they're, they're definitely gone, <laughs> for better or worse. <laughs> Now, Mike, do you see yourself podcasting into your middle ages? We're, I mean, we're only into our 30s. We're a few years away from that. Do you think that you'll be able to keep this hobby going for uh, – do you plan on keeping this hobby going for the next 10 to 15 years? I will I will do this until someone do, – uh, until people don't want me to do it anymore Ooh. would be probably my thing. Will Will I have a, a, a set schedule as we do now? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to do a fool's errand and try and predict like 10 years in the future. Sure. But I, I – Definitely will be doing something along these lines uh, in the future. I, I can't Great. imagine me not doing this, uh, doing something along these lines, whether it be who knows what we'll have in 10 years. Maybe everyone will have like VR systems or something mm-hmm. uh, that that or I'll just be kind of like a holograms for everybody. And that's that's how we'll do the podcast. Oh, we're going to do podcasting like in Star Wars. That'll be so cool. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, I'm interested to know, like you said, if people don't want you to do podcasting anymore, I'm really interested to know what did you do to make people not want you to podcast anymore now? Not a question, but I'm just trying to I'm starting to theorize what happened to Mike Lane at the age of 37 where he finally snapped and everyone told him to get off the air. Mike gets canceled in 2027. Coming soon to a podcasting service or hologram service near you. <laughs> Glad to know it. Glad to know that we have much more Mike Lane content to look forward to in the next 10 to 20 years. That's great. And Mike, you and I have been friends for the better part of 20 years now, going on 22 years, I suppose, actually. What do you think is the glue that has kept you and I together? If you could narrow it down to one thing. Well, obviously, shared interests definitely helps. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things where once you get past a certain amount of time with someone, then it just becomes second nature, yeah. you know, to any anything does, right? One of the, one thing I always say as a kind of good metric in figuring out if you're friends or not, like if you're really good friends with someone or not, is can you sit in a car in silence with somebody for hours on end? Yeah. That's a great test. And is it awkward? Like that's the the test. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you can sit in silence (laughs) with anyone, but yeah, is it, is it awkward? Do you feel like you have to say something? If you, you feel like you have to say something, then you're probably still in just a normal friendship mode, which is totally fine. That's like 99% of my friends. Right. But, uh, but for you, for you, for sure. And for a couple others, uh, it's definitely just, I can just be silent and just be kind of thinking my own thoughts because in, 
at the end of the day, uh, I think the glue is the fact that we understand each other so well mm-hmm. that we don't really have to try. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's there's no like there's no trying. There's no uh, yeah no trying hard really in the friendship in terms of uh, think like th- overthinking things that we do or or whatever like that. But yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's my best answer to that yeah, i don't there's no secret glue no not not really it's kind of just time and like learning how to grow together because you and i have gone from being seven or eight year olds to now being almost 30 year olds and we've been through so many different experiences that it's just that like nobody knows me you know pre being a teenager except you really and my family so you're basically family to me and like nobody knows you know just like nobody knows fat neil except for mike and i think it's, it's really funny to, i think about that often uh, that you're the only person who can really point that out like except for yeah, my family yeah. which is which is really funny i think i heard this in a i forget where i was now i was like at a store or something or at like a park but a dad was talking to his kid i think it was his daughter or something and he was they were talking about a friend this girl had that she had known her, this friend since like kindergarten i don't know why i was eavesdropping on this but they, they had been <laughs> friends at that point like he's like well you've been friends now like through public school junior high and almost high school you'll probably be friends for life and like i just instantly thought of you and i was like you know that dad's probably right like they probably will be unless something catastrophic happens in college or university uh like when you and i lived apart we instantly jumped on facebook and slack and discord and kept in contact and that was key for me too well yeah i so that's that's i'm glad you bring that up because i think one of the other parts of the glue here is having distance at some point yes is really 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 important for a friendship because when you don't have distance uh at some point in your friendship uh then you kind of like you kind of take the other person for granted, mm, okay. if you know what yeah. I mean. So you're 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 like not as inclined to to take time out of your day to to spend with them or, or whatever. But one of the reasons that we work so well past high school because that's a tough part in life is just trying to keep a friendship through high like from high school to university. Um, one of the things that worked really well was the fact that I moved away and you and most of our friends didn't move away. Right. And so whenever I would come back, it was kind of a good excuse to get together mm-hmm. because think if none of us moved away, we probably wouldn't really be getting together that much. And we probably would have drifted apart, uh, not necessarily you and I, but just uh, the friend group itself mm-hmm. would have drifted apart much faster um, than, uh, well, I mean, it didn't drift apart, but you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, no, like we would have been so sick of each other. We probably would have started to look for other friend groups just as a change. But instead, the opposite happened where we still have our, you know, we have different groups of people that we see, but then we still get together because we like this relationship that we all share. And same thing, like I said, like we all went through high school together. And so we, we have those shared memories. And it's fun to bring those, these new experiences where, you know, we're developing relationships with with partners that we now live with. And like, you know, our, some of our friends have massive D&D friends or Pokemon Go friends. So it's really fun to get just different different experiences into into the group otherwise we would be talking about probably the same things that we talk about since 2011 and we, we would definitely yep. be sick of each other by now so i think it's great distance is a, is a good uh, a good one as well and you mentioned mm-hmm. shared experiences or shared interests at the very beginning and one of those shared interests that you and i have mike is cartoons so i gotta ask you other than the simpsons what is your favorite cartoon of all time Ooh, hmm, good question mm-hmm. you know what i'm gonna go off the board here now. oh uh, because I could say Adventure Time, I could say Rick and Morty, I could say, I could say SpongeBob, because SpongeBob is definitely would be up there. Are you there. not going to say SpongeBob? Oh boy, I'm I'm somehow not going to say SpongeBob just to rattle the listeners here. Mm-hmm, me too. Um, I'm I'm <laughs> and rattle you, Neil, because again, producer Victor told me that I need to rattle you at least three times in this show. Okay. He's so, in Brazil right now. He can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say regular show. Nice. Okay. I. I, for those who don't know, it's a the regular show is a show that was out for a couple seasons. I'm, I'm not sure how many it actually ended up having. I've only seen the first three, but it doesn't matter because those ones are all fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was it was basically these two guys who graduated university and they can't get a jobs with their degrees, so they work in a park. Yes. Uh, and they just play video games all day and they get into shenanigans and it's very much like analog technology mm-hmm. shenanigans. Uh, and like they, they, they rent for, uh, from a VHS store every day and like stuff like that. So uh, I, I mean, obviously I definitely identify with them, <laughs> which is one of the, the reasons why I always like that show. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, that's one of those shows again that I could just put on. And I just am smiling ear to ear the entire time I'm watching it. And also there's something about like shows that you get, but not everyone else gets, if you know what I mean. So there's, there's a beauty of, of laughing at a lot of these jokes that you'll, you'll 
see that other other people don't really get or don't care for. It's like, ah, oh, you know, I get it though, yeah. and I like this. <laughs> this is for me. Like this, it feels like it was like made for you in that yeah, sense. Yeah, it's, you it's know? not like trying to appeal to the masses. That show it definitely is. A, no. it definitely is targeting people born between probably ninety and ninety eight, like a very small subset of people. And uh, if oh, yeah. you don't get it, you don't get it. And uh, I feel kind of bad for that show a little bit because it did come out in that Adventure Time Rick and Morty era where those two cartoons were on top of everything. And that was kind of the third or fourth or maybe even fifth biggest show at the time. And it just didn't it couldn't catch up with the popularity of a couple other shows at that time. And I just it was my favorite of the bunch of that yeah. 2010s resurgence of kind of cartoon the Cartoon Network or the um, was it Adult Swim kind of cartoons? I guess it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was definitely in that wave and it just wasn't popular enough but you and i both love that show that's a great choice oh thank you thank you yeah no i just want to to stir some stuff up uh, a little bit but of course spongebob would be my number sure. three or honestly most of the time number two pick. of course and of course the regular show also features mark hamill voice talents of luke skywalker so reason enough to check it out for sure mm-hmm. now mike what would you say is your proudest achievement up until this point that's a really hard question to answer but if someone you know gunned to your head said what's the coolest thing or biggest thing that you've achieved up to this point you would you would have to you know argue yeah, that's a great one. So for me, I think my proudest achievement is honestly when I got laid off uh, during the pandemic. Well, I got I asked to get laid off, so don't feel sorry for me. <laughs> it's a I rare situation. <laughs> yeah, it was a rare situation, so I was very happy. But mm. I, uh, I was able to then f- do freelancing and do freelance design and web work for you know, the better part of a year and a half and was able to make a profit and, you know, kind of basically make what I was making, you know, while I was at the agency beforehand. And that was a really, really proud moment for me, I think. I, I remember with like the end of 2021 uh, and looking, I'm like, wow, I actually, I did it. Mm-hmm. Like I actually made money. I survived. I could, I, I got, I could did this all on my own, right. basically. I mean, obviously I had help from a lot of friends for their support and everything, but uh, it was, it was a cool kind of uh you know put your put your fist up moment mm-hmm. uh like bref- breakfast club it's like yeah i did it <laughs> yeah i remember that you were like almost planning on getting laid off or at least you kind of saw it coming for what felt like a year or like nine months or something yeah. and when it finally <laughs> yeah. happened it was kind of like it's happened and it was like all right cool but it was incredible to watch you you know start up your own little your your own business from your all from your desk and you kept it going and like you said you survived like that's something that most people could could never do could never even think about doing so it, it is definitely something that i would say really proud to say that i know that mike can do this and i hope you don't have to do it too often but uh I mean, unless you want to, it seemed like you were really enjoying it, which is also a good thing. If you were miserable in doing it, I would have been way more concerned. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely wasn't miserable in doing it. Definitely enjoyed it. Obviously, it's got its pros and cons like anything in, in the work world. But yeah, I was uh, I was very proud of myself for that. Beautiful. Mike, we have two questions to go, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip them because one is a fun one and one is kind of a good one to send off with. I thought of this question today while at work. It's a very busy day for me, as you can tell. <laughs> You're given an instruction where you have to shop from the same section of a grocery store for one month. So you can only stay within, you know, you know the ones, produce, dairy, bakery, frozen, or grocery section. You can only shop in one section every day for a month. You, have, you can only eat food from that section. What section are you going to? I don't know why. I don't know why I thought of this. This just came to mind. It's a good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, like all these questions, I, I got to go with the fruit aisle. You nice. know, I got to stick in the fruit. I mean, I I'll, guess that would I'll be. I'll give you produce. You can also have. They'll give me yeah. produce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay, uh, I'll be in that section. I gotta have fresh food. I gotta have my. I gotta have my bananas. I gotta have my oranges. <laughs> right. I gotta have some pears sometimes. Underrated fruit. Um, and, uh, but then also you know get some veggies in me too, and, and have some other. Uh, stuff and there, there's herbs there, Neil. There's lots of there lots of good uh, good spices and stuff in there. So yeah, that's that's my section. The fresh, it's basically the fresh produce aisle. I had a feeling you might say that, and I respect that answer because you didn't cheat and say the frozen food aisle, which I'm sure a lot of people would have Ew. thought of because you can get every meal from there. I realize because you can also get. If you're a frozen fruit guy, you can you can go, you can leave now. Like <laughs> if you think frozen, I see articles all the time that like frozen fruit is more healthier than regular fruit. You're right, but shut up. Like it's. It, 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 fresh fruit is the way to go every single time. If you bring like frozen fruit anywhere like that I am, just leave. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to find a way to piss off Neil, frozen fruit, that's the way. And then, hey, that'll piss me off too. One so. time my mom bought frozen avocado and I almost put myself up for adoption. But <laughs> <laughs> which brings us to our last question of the day, Mike. Now you have a day off. It's Saturday, Saturday morning. Sun is shining. It's the perfect weather. I want you to describe your ideal day to me. 
oh, my ideal day on a Saturday. Well, mm-hmm. it would definitely be me hanging out uh, and playing games in the morning. One of my favorite things on earth to do is to play video games in the morning. Yes. I'm a morning video games guy. I really like playing uh, most games, I should say. Not uh, like Last of Us. It was fun to play at night. <laughs> but most games I like playing when the sun is coming out, starting to rise, uh, and I just can kind of be alone, be on my own and have my tea, mm. uh, you know, get ready, uh, have my orange juice as well, get ready for the morning. And then after, you know, a couple hours of playing playing games, I'm going to say Breath of the Wild will be, will be my game of choice to just kind of roam around on. Maybe I'll put in Red Dead as well and roam around in that and, uh, and, and have some fun, maybe shoot some people in town and then, you know, get caught <laughs> and all that. And then after I get my wanted level goes up too high and get killed, then I'll put the controller down uh and i'll i'll go outside i'll go hang out if it's 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 summertime you're saying it's a nice sunny day i'm assuming it's your ideal day so you get to pick the season here it's my ideal day well so it's it's sunny Good. it's beautiful it's summer uh i'm going actually no it's not summer neil it's spring spring is my okay. uh, is, is my favorite actually no no change it once again it's september it's nice. getting close to fall Maybe it's a little bit of a sweater weather, but it's also really sunny and nice outside. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can layer. Uh, I go down. Uh, somehow I have a helicopter and nice. uh, <laughs> and I can just fly wherever instead of uh, having to try and beat traffic. So first I go, uh, I, I helicopter down to Spadina Street in Toronto and I check out A&C Games, one of my favorite game stores to check mm-hmm. out. I land on top of the building. Oh, you're not flying uh, the helicopter into A&C Games. You're going to land nicely on top and walk down? Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah, okay, just yeah. making sure, getting all the details right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not gonna be a fireblade situation, okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I'll go into A and C. I'll 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 have my pick of the lot because I'm their best customer. They decided that they're gonna give me whatever GameCube games I want. So I'll I'll finally pick up Superstar Baseball. Uh, I'll also pick up um, I'll pick up Beyond Good and Evil while I'm there too. Cool. And I'll just. You know, I'll, I'll pick those up and I'll leave in my helicopter. I'll go down to Sonic Boom, which is another great uh, store that I'd love to go to. Great uh, uh, music store. And I'll, mm-hmm. because I'm their other best customer, I buy all their vinyls <laughs> and uh, they give me a bunch of stuff for free and some rare vinyls. And uh, I go to a, a little dumpling place, get some get some dumplings. Um, I'm a big, big dumpling fan and uh, especially some of the great places in Chinatown and Toronto. Mm-hmm. And then after that, uh, I think I still have some room for sushi. So Sweet. I go out uh, to sushi with all the guys, uh, all our friends and yes. uh, our partners as well. And uh, and whoever wants to be there, we have a great sushi feast mm-hmm. and everything comes on time. Uh, we get everything. We don't have to ask the uh, server for uh, the, to, to tell them that, no, uh, this is not what we ordered right. or, hey, we haven't gotten that 20 salmon sashimi right. yet. Yes, we did um, mean 30 of these. Yes, we did mean that. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yes, everything goes our, smoothly. I love that. Uh, everything goes smoothly. Our friend Braden gets his Coke when he asks for it. That will never happen, Uh, but good. uh, And after that, then we'll hang out, uh, maybe play some games, maybe play some Jackbox with friends too. Uh, And uh, maybe we'll take a helicopter ride uh, over Lake Ontario and... uh, and who knows? You know, I could go pretty far with this uh, yeah. if you're saying I can do anything. You're but just adding uh, hours to the day at this point. <laughs> <laughs> just adding hours to the day, exactly. And then I think I, when I get home, uh, I'm greeted by uh, more friends and more family. Oh. And everyone's there and they give me a massive uh, new Lego set. And it's actually the the new uh, AT-AT. It's a massive one. Okay. Uh, and they also give me the Death Star. Oh, so nice. I'll build the Death Star wow. uh, Lego. That, that's, and they, oh, they, they haven't built it yet for you. They've given you the box Lego set. They're not those types of people that build it for you and then it's all set up and ready for you to play with. Who, who does I that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, I pictured like everyone in your condo like with these sets already <laughs> built for some reason. I don't know why. I just smash it. Yeah. <laughs> give me the instructions. But yeah, that's uh, I take that uh, and start building it. You know, the night go, goes long. Maybe have some dinner. I don't know. Other things happen in the night. But those are the main things. I can go on forever. But uh, the, those are the main things that would happen in my perfect some day. Some video games, some shopping, some helicopter rides, and some Lego sets. I think that's the perfect day, Mike. And I think that's the perfect day to end this interview because I'm out of questions. And I did write these down in a physical book. So I'm going to close the book now and set that right down there. Thank you so much for joining me today in the studio. It's been a pleasure having mm-hmm. you. I really hope we can uh, have you back soon. You're going to be starring in a movie sometime soon, correct? Uh, yes, I am, Neil. Mm-hmm. I will be starring in the new Super Mario mm-hmm. movie, right. uh, starring as a, well, I can't say actually who I'm oh. starring as. So. Okay. 
Uh, although I might have spoiled it earlier. We'll edit. We'll edit. Yeah, we'll, 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 Victor and uh, Katie will edit that out for us uh, in a little bit. No, no problem at all. No problem. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah, because that that is a big spoiler for for those out there. Yeah. And uh, I have worked closely with uh, Miyamoto. Oh on that great. particular production. It was a great time. Um, it, I would love to come back on the show again and talk to you about my experience on that movie. Well, we'll have to have you back on real soon, Mike. I'm looking forward to it. And I hope someday that I can join you on your show and maybe you can interview me sometime. I think next week I have a spot available. Neil. Oh, okay. Well, I will be, I will pencil you in. I look forward to that very much. Oh, well, thank you. Right. Thank you. And uh, thanks for having me. And uh, thank you, producer Vixer, for setting this all up. And thank you to the fans. Mm-hmm. And I will see you all very soon. My pleasure, Mike. And uh, Victor hates you, but the fans do love you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to Side Mission Part 10 of the GameCube is Cool podcast. New episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. Leave us a rating and a review so we can make the show better. You can support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash the GameCube is Cool. All patrons get the show ad-free and a little early. Thank you so much to everyone over there. You can follow us for free on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. And you can join the weekly conversation on our Discord channel. Just search The GameCube Was Cool. Share us with your friends and family. Tell Victor, Mike says hi. And Victor doesn't hate Mike. Thank you so much for the support, and we will see you next week. GameCube. Over 600 games you've never heard of. GameCube. The product of what happens when you think inside the box. Game.